Welcome to Bad Actions. My name is Thomas Mack, and I'll be your tour guide for bad behavior this week. Um, it's been an interesting week, kind of a strange week. Well, actually, it's been a month, because after so many months of Trump trying to overturn the 2020 election results, or the endless supply of health news about COVID, COVID vaccines, why COVID vaccines are bad, why COVID vaccines are good, why people shouldn't say bad things about COVID vaccines, why people shouldn't taunt COVID vaccines. Uh, there was an actual medical miracle that somehow occurred at a hospital. A man lived for three days after a surgically implanted modified pig's heart was um, transplanted into them. I don't know if this would be it's a modified pig's heart. Is it a transplant? Because it's, it's basically pork. We're talking about pork. Kept a man alive for, for three days. Um, generally, a pig's heart is something you might find in sausage, uh, in America at least. Uh, this kicks off some religious debate uh, among some of our more obscure religious scholars. Uh, Muslims and Jews, you know, have some concerns about pork. Will they allow a chest cavity of an observant person in their religion to consume pork. If you can't have pork in your stomach, how can you have it in your heart, I guess would be the, the way that that question might be phrased. Uh, there's some strange religious laws around transplants, uh, as you might imagine. Uh, for example, Orthodox Jews are not allowed to get artificial heart transplants. And it's not for any, you know, strange religious uh, ideals, uh, my understanding is that just because the success rates are too low. So the, the rabbi says, no, you can't get a heart transplant, artificial heart transplant. A Jehovah's Witness can't get blood transfusions. However, they can get an organs transplant just as long as you wipe the blood off because it's all about the blood. It's against my will to take blood by mouth, I'm, I'll tell you that much, because I've been in England and I've eaten blood sausage and it's horrible. Uh, so that's my religious law. Uh, so welcome to Bad Actions. Uh, it's a podcast. My name is Thomas Mack. Uh, bad Actions is a show about being bad, both about being bad or when you're bad or, or having fun uh, with someone else being bad or talking about other people who are bad. Uh, in their hearts or what they do. just It's all about being bad. Uh, we'll go over the news of the day. And as you know, real news is always bad news. Uh, and I'm really sick of people always talking about, I, I wish there was more good news because if it's good, it's not news. Nobody talks about um, the time during the Middle Ages when Genghis Khan wasn't raiding uh, you know, Europe. It's pretty boring. You know, why would anybody want to talk to people living happily in mud huts? Uh, you know, it's, it's the bad times that we remember sometimes bad actions about saying unpopular things or it's something rudely funny or saying something that's just awful. Uh, but it's about telling the truth, basically. Um, the truth, in my experience, is three important things. Incredibly funny because American culture is so replete in friendly white lies, which is nice. People aren't used to hearing the truth. Incredibly, uh, you know, it can be incredibly mean as well. Why, why is the truth so funny? Um, well, you know, it's shocking. You know, the, the, the good joke always has some sort of shock appeal. And uh, when you tell the truth to people, sometimes they just think it's hilarious. There's been a lot of comedians that just get up on stage, uh, going back to um, some of the old mean guys uh, who would just tear into people. And and they get up on the stage and they point at a fat lady and they say, that lady's fat. And then the crowd uh, laughs because it's cruel. It's also true. 
and people aren't used to somebody just getting up on a stage and saying something that's true. The truth is also uh, one of the most helpful things you can say to somebody. Um, it can be really healing and protective or uh, informative. Like if you're the guy with the spinach in your teeth, aren't you always happy that the person uh, who steps up and says, you got spinach in your tooth uh, and it looks gross. You should take it out of there before you go do that presentation. Uh, you know, it's always amazing to me that, you know, people will ask other people, hey, how do I look? <laughs> They'll have spinach in their teeth. And some people will say, oh, you look great. Just because that's the polite white lie you're supposed to always say. I'm the guy that says, hey, um, your your skirt's tucked into the back of your pantyhose. Uh, pull it out and get up on the stage. You look great. Here's another new thing that we've learned about the truth. Sometimes it's incredibly brave. Uh, Mike Pence learned that the hard way after the January 6th riots in 2021. Uh, a year after that, actually, he finally worked up the stones to say something really just everybody knew, uh, that uh, Trump didn't win and that there was a riot on January 6th, and it happened inside the, the halls of Congress. Um, he, he also said that he didn't have the power to overturn the election uh, because, you know, let's face it, vice presidents, unless the president dies... I mean, that's that's their whole power. If the president dies, the vice president becomes president. But vice presidents don't have any power other than that and, and being a tie-breaking vote in Congress. I mean, if vice presidents throughout American history had the power to overturn elections, wouldn't democracy have died just decades ago? How can we imagine that there, there, we'd still be a democracy if a vice president could just step up and say, oh, you know, that was Great election, but uh, it was wrong. And so my friend here, president, whoever, will continue to be president. I mean, that that is an authoritarian government. The answer to that question is, of course, we wouldn't be a democracy if that were the case. If you could just declare victory in your vice president, then, well, that would have happened a long time ago. I don't think uh, John Adams would have made it as president at that point. It would have been just... Well, they said George Washington was really into passing on the uh, transfer of power, but uh, it would have happened soon after. Certainly, Jackson would have uh, seized power. He seemed pretty disgruntled after he uh, he lost. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we would have been in an authoritarian government a long time ago. So, basically, Mike Pence told the truth, and, and, and that was powerful. And uh, it was also scary and uh, acquired a little bit of bravery. Uh, I think um, it's been said that in times of propaganda and lies, telling the truth can be an extremely brave act. So with Mike Pence as our puppy dog and uh, our little friend for today, we'll, we'll go forward with some bravery. And I'll start with, well, Aunt amber alerts uh and you know that's when your your phone just goes crazy and starts buzzing and swearing at you and you think it's going to kill you or something like that and then um and then they tell you that there's a sort of madman on the loose uh you pick up your phone and it's it's buzzing and streaking making noises you cannot make your phone make you know these are these are noises that only the amber alert people can make your phone make you know uh and i'm sure you've heard it as well and then it's always about child abduction. Someone's abduct, abducted a child and uh, they're on the run and they're driving a white sedan. It's usually a white sedan. And then they give you the plate number. And uh, and so you look around earnestly. I pulled over once even. Like, I'm going to pull over and look around for this guy. And, uh, you know, and you don't see him. So, all right, you've done your, you've done your thing. You've, you've responded to the Amber Alert. And then you, you get back on the highway and you start driving again. And it happens again, you know, <laughs> the thing goes, and 
so you know okay he wasn't there so you, you don't look so hard the next time and then it usually goes off like two more times at some point it can't be all about me you know you have to look to other people you can't just keep asking me do you see the child doctor i i don't see him obviously i heard the phone the first time it went whatever that noise is um and then uh you know and plus this is a pretty good song on the radio so stop disrupting me next truth uh there's a lot of talk about antifa let's face it uh it's it's a real that's gotta be one of the word of the year from last year antifa or maybe even two years ago but uh you know it's been presented to us as a a terrorist organization a, a socialist terrorist organization uh, and uh, and people who are uh, and uh, talk, we'll talk about Antifa that have some knowledge about it in, in, in existence is just Antifa is just a catchphrase that we've used to bundle all the uh, social justice organizations. You know, these are the women that wear pussy hats and men who wear beanies, and then they um, they want uh, they want some sort of you know Black Lives Matter, or they want. Um, equality for women or they want uh, better pay for the working class and these are all noble goals and uh, but they're they're willing to break some windows and protest and swear at cops to do it and uh, I don't know if that works I'm not saying it does but uh, that's that's what I've been told by people in the know that that's what Antifa is it just there is no Antifa it's just something we call all these disparate groups because there's a there's a thousand of these little groups across the country, and you know it's, uh, you know it's like uh, Unitarians for Social Justice, and you know Black Lives Matter, Decatur, Illinois, um, <laughs> and uh, we all just uh, think of them as the same thing. We call them Antifa, but now that's presented to us like this is a unified terrorist organization, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, um, and I, and I can prove that it's not true. Uh, to prove that. Uh, Antifa doesn't exist. You just have to look at the fact that, that Trump exists. You know, if if there were a terrorist organization and as big and as active as we've been told it is, and with a centralized command of of doing things and getting things done, I mean, there's there's one action they could do. I mean, Antifa is short for anti-fascism, and uh, you know that's anti-authoritarian. And let's face it, we we do know who the yeah, whether or not you love him or you hate him, he's an authoritarian. He he really wants to uh, take over and uh, issue uh, in a new era of peace and and um, justice for white people, and uh, and uh, so you know there there that proves it. There's no Antifa. So if you're curious, is there an Antifa? It's no. It's proven. Uh, I mean. What, if it were an organized organization, they wouldn't go downtown and break windows because that doesn't really get anything done. It's just a, a little venting of anger. So I think they're angry because they are so disorganized. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're probably breaking windows just because they're mad at their own leaders. Like, what are we doing down here again? You know, this is not going to get the job done. We're in downtown Chicago and, uh, you know, uh, anyways. So proven. Truth, no Antifa. I mean, if we're saying that there's an Antifa, then clearly we have to admit that there's absolutely no planning whatsoever. I mean, who would be making this decision that, uh, you know, let's have a big uh, Antifa effort and we're going to go break some windows in the downtown uh, and, and spit at police officers? That, I mean, that's barely 
functioning as far as terrorism goes. You know, you look at January 6th. Now there's a now there's a terrorism organization there. Uh, you know, you go right at the Capitol. Obviously, that's that's where you go. You don't go to Woolworths. You don't go to Walgreens in downtown Neighborville and smash some windows. That's just stupid. Uh, so obviously, uh, this notion that Antifa is a massive terrorist organization and we should all just be terrorized by them is silly, and uh, it, that defeats the whole. I've busted that myth. So the myth is busted. Uh, you know, obviously, um, <laughs> there would be an action that the, the Antifa, the terrorist organization, said it's Antifa, the, um, the loosely knit together group of pussy hat wearing women and beanie wearing dudes, uh, uh, you know, uh, breaking windows. You know, they, they'd obviously be going after a, a particular individual who we all know and some of us love him, some of us hate him. Everybody's got an opinion on the guy, you know. <laughs> Even Republicans are like, I don't know. He's he's troubling. He's, uh, you know. But uh, anyway, so, you know, if Antifa lived, or if Antifa were alive, then I, you know, I don't think Trump would be. That just is what I'm saying. I mean, uh, Roosevelt, uh, two Kennedys, Reagan, uh they all took bullets, you know. It's uh, it's uh, it, no. I'm sorry. No, there is no Antifa. That's that's settled. The next, uh, the next ugly truth. Uh, the U.S. Olympic team is currently uh, skiing and sledding and sliding, all under the United States flag, um, in uh, China outside Beijing. And apparently, one truth we've learned about uh, skiing in Beijing is it sucks. Uh, every skier that gets off the mountain is telling us that it's like skiing on, uh, you know, maybe some cement. Uh, it's it's bad skiing in Vermont. Uh, so uh, obviously this is not a, um, if you're into skiing, uh, it's still go to, to Park City, Utah, or Colorado. That's where the skiing is. It's not in Beijing. One thing we also learned is that uh, Russia is still banned from the Olympics, uh, for a successful doping program that they uh, they put together to win Olympic gold medals, that was was unveiled a few years back. Um, uh, it's cheating, you know. Uh, we're not supposed to allow think of athletes taking drugs or uh, steroids or anything like that to to win uh, races. We all know they do it, but um, uh, meanwhile, the U.S. has suffered no ill con consequences for an even more successful child abuse and child rape program that helped win gold medals at the hands of the revered Bella Caroli and his wife in his gym in Texas and his pseudo-pediatrician, uh, Dr. Nasser. All those young suburban uh, girls who dreamed of winning gold medals and were pushed by U.S. Olympics, uh, the Olympics organization, the Olympic Gymnastics Organization toward the Caroli uh, farm. They're, they called it a Caroli ranch, like it's a cult or something like that, uh, and where they were largely all raped. And it's interesting to, to note uh, that uh, when they interview uh, some of these gymnasts, some of the top names in women's gymnastics, they all say the same thing. Everybody knows that there's there's rape in gymnastics, in U.S. gymnastics. It's a part of the program. Everybody knows who the skeevy gymnastics coaches are, and uh, and Bella Curley is one of them. Well, he's not skeevy. He's, he's not a rapist, but he employs rapists. 
um, you know, he, he, he will back up a rapist. If you're a rapist and you're his, on his team, he'll, he'll make sure that you keep raping. Uh, we've seen that. But he's abusive. Uh, no one no one said, boy, Abella Crowley, he's a great leader. So, you know, we have uh, the Winter Olympics following the Summer Olympics, and there's no Russian flag because of all the doping. Um, that, uh, well, However, the Stars and Stripes is flying. You know, uh, there's certain times in life where you realize uh, there's some truths being being generated, some truths that are being revealed. Um, you know, times like this, you can see where our priorities are as a culture. So according to the Olympics, and I think, you know, a lot of people think the Olympics is great. It's a big hit. According to the Olympics, a sensible doping program that uh, is strategic in trying to win golden uh, gold medals for your country is unacceptable. And uh, however, an abusive child rape program is okay. You know, uh, the sanctity of young girls' bodies uh, and her, for her womanhood is not such a problem as much as uh, maybe you know, steroids. Steroids are worse than, than, than rape. So that's, that's something we've learned from that, uh, that unfortunate uh, set of affairs. Another uh, interesting truth that's going on right now, there's a, there's a worker shortage across the country. Uh, and, and I've seen it, you know, uh, definitely the, the unemployment rate is low. And, uh, you know, so I went skiing up in Minnesota uh, a few weeks ago and uh, the ski lodge. And I've seen this at other places, too, where they just said, we don't have enough employees. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, there was uh, high schoolers manning the, the lifts um, and the restaurant. Uh, I asked one of them, you know, which way to get the lift tickets. And she was standing there and she said, I don't know. You know, <laughs> this is probably her first day, her first job. She had no idea what was going on. But, uh, you know, they were just happy to have a person in a, in a work uniform and uh, making it look like they, they were fully staffed. But, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> the you know, we had to take a reservation to get uh, lunch at, at the lodge. And you got to think that's like one of the, you know, they overcharge you on 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 your hamburgers there you know how do you mess that up but you know it had to take like it took us like two hours to get into the uh to the lodge restaurant and uh, there was a menu that had four items and all four of them were chicken nuggets so if you get, if you're getting food at the ski lodge you're eating chicken nuggets you know i i, I think you know that i mean obviously if you're trying to uh, to make some money at a ski lift just throw sandwiches at people and charge them ten dollars i mean i don't i didn't really need to sit down i wanted to get out and ski um, you know, obviously, uh, chicken tenders as well. I mean, that's kind of a heavy lift. I mean, you have to deep fry them. Just put some ham and cheese on a, on a, on a piece of bread. You know, I don't know. Uh, another uh, item this week is uh, a judge heard arguments about if uh, Trump could be sued for the January 6th insurrection riots, uh, along with Lou Dobbs, Proud Boys, and other extreme losers. Um, putting aside the legal arguments, because... Uh, nobody knows what this judge will say because uh, there's never been an insurrection before in this country, really. You know, there's never been a bunch of people that stormed the Capitol and started tearing up podiums and carrying them out of the building. Uh, it's just never happened before. So uh, it's it's a real crapshoot what the, the judge will rule. So we'll move on. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think the Proud Boys is one of the saddest names for a group of men that I've ever heard. I mean, <laughs> it's so cloying. You know, we're proud. We're proud boys. We're very proud. <laughs> I mean, talking about covering for something. This is uh, one of the least proud group of men that I've ever heard of. Uh, you know, it's so fucking desperate. 
Who's so insecure that they need join a group that says they're proud boys? Uh, if I were going to launch an, a militia, I, you know, apparently that's something you do these days. I want in just for shits. Uh, I think I'm going to choose a name. Uh, you know, the militia is going to call the Big Dick Men because uh, in the Washington, you know, Washington Monument is going to be our emblem over the American flag. You know, I mean, seriously, uh, please email me uh, if you want to join my Big Dick Big Dick Men, and we're going to take on the Proud Boys uh, for just uh, the cloying uh, masculinity prize. And uh, I'll find out, uh, you know, what what we're supposed to do as a militia. You know, maybe we'll meet, or maybe we'll just put together guns or just talk, uh, you know, storm the Capitol. Obviously that's one thing you do, but, uh, a good side benefit of, of having militias though these days is women know who not to date. You know, <laughs> basically these are like cloistered virginity clubs. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if you're a girl and you're attracted to guys in the pride boys, then you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, plus I'm going to overthrow the government. So, uh, look for that in the future. That's going to be exciting. The big dick men are going to take on the, the, the man, and we're taking him down. Um, you know, I had uh, Indian leftovers from a Pakistani restaurant the other day, and I got to tell you, that's a really good lunch. Uh, it was three days old, literally. Uh, this is like on the on the cusp of, I'm going to throw this shit out. It's too old. Uh, but that shit holds up, man. And, it, it, and, I, and you have to call it that because it's, uh, you know, it's brown, it's soupy, uh, it's one of the, but it's so delicious. I mean, it is so <laughs> delicious. Um but one of the ways you know if you've had really good, really spicy Indian food is that your colon hurts about five hours later. I mean, that's, that's you're like, you, you thought you had good Indian, but then about, you know, five o'clock at night, your colon goes, you know, like, ow, oh my gosh, what did you do to me? <laughs> and there's only one way out of that pain, and that's the ring of fire, you know? So um, I, I, I was kind of wondering when, I, when, I, when five o'clock hit, that day and i thought uh is this how pepper spray was was invented is this uh like the inventor had some really good indian and about five hours later he said like something he was like i think we should do this to protesters i mean who's gonna take on police if uh you know they feel like the and their friends like huh i mean indian food for your face you know um uh, but uh and so yeah but anyways that's a terrible joke sorry um uh, but it, it, you know i just wanted to share my Indian food uh, for lunch is like, it's better than pizza. It really is. It holds up so well. Finally, uh, earlier this month, I wanted to touch on the passing of Betty White. Uh, everyone is really upset she's dead. And it was kind of funny that um, I think Time Magazine came out with their her, her 100th birthday special edition of the magazine and published it. And then, of course, that the day before she turns 100, she dies. But uh, so it, it's very sad for her family. Um, but you know, really people, uh, turned that on its head. She lived almost a hundred years and I think she was in a TV commercial that was pretty hilarious about a year ago. So at 99, she's still working, you know, she's had a, a career, uh, that lasted longer than most men in my family. I mean, I, most people, most men in my family, they go down about like 65 years. She's been working for 70, 80, 90 years. I don't know. She, she started working when she was like a teenager. So boohoo already. She's dead. All right. She looked pretty good for a long time, seriously. So maybe she's a vampire. I don't know. You know, I don't know how vampires, real, real vampires. I mean, obviously there's really vampires. This isn't a totally made up thing. Seemed a bit unnatural to me, if you ask me. All that said, uh, all that aside, a very funny lady. But I won't miss her because uh, I think the reruns of the Dick Van Dyke show and Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show 
are on 24 hours a day on some dark corner of the Roku device on my TV table. Uh, and another important but uncomfortable truth, uh, mourning the death of celebrities who've never met, uh, who don't know who you are, have never been in a room near you or in the same state as you. I don't know. I think that's kind of stupid. I don't mourn total strangers who play guitar well or who make me laugh like Betty White. White. Uh, she wasn't a loved one of my I didn't know her, you know. I'm not going to mourn her. I still got the recordings. I can watch her anytime I want. Her shows are in, in the ether. I can go YouTube her right now and, and watch a Betty White show. So for me, she didn't die. She's still alive. Uh, same thing with Princess Diana. Anytime I want to see Princess Diana, she's there. I just got to go on YouTube and pull up a video of her. Uh, but remember Princess Diana? Oh, God. I thought uh, millions of gay men were going to spontaneously kill themselves for this mediocre-looking blonde English lady who married into a, a family with amazing amounts of fame and money. Uh, she made nobody laugh, at least not intentionally, and I don't think she could sing at all. Uh, she was a decent dancer. I know she did perform, do a little dance once. And I also never, ever met her, so uh, I didn't mourn her. And if you didn't know her either, then stop mourning her, because unless you're one of her two sons, and in that case, I'm extremely sorry for your loss. Your mother seemed quite lovely. But uh, I don't mourn her because I didn't know her. That's Bad Actions, and I'm Thomas Mack. Have a great day.
The answer to that question is, of course, we wouldn't be a democracy if that were the case. If you could just declare victory in your vice president, then, well, that would have happened a long time ago. I don't think uh, John Adams would have made it as president at that point. It would have been just, well, they said George Washington was really into passing on the uh, transfer of power, but uh, it would have happened soon after. Certainly, Jackson would have uh, seized power. He seemed pretty disgruntled after he uh, he lost. So, um uh, yeah, we we would have been an authoritarian government a long time ago. So basically, Mike Pence told the truth, and 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 that was powerful, and uh, it was also scary, and uh, um, and and it, it required a little bit of bravery. Uh, I think um, it's been said that in times of propaganda and lies, telling the truth can be an extremely brave act. So. With Mike Pence as our puppy dog and uh, our little friend for today, we'll we'll go forward with some bravery. And I'll start with well, an- Amber Alerts. Uh, and you know that's when your your phone just goes crazy and starts buzzing and swearing at you, and you think it's going to kill you or something like that. And then um, and then they tell you that there's a there's a madman on the loose. Uh, you pick up your phone and it's it's buzzing and streaky, making noises you cannot make your phone make. You know these are these are uh, noises that only the Amber Alert people can make your phone make. You know, uh, and I'm sure you've heard it as well. And then it's always about child abduction. Someone's abduct, abducted a child and uh, they're on the run and they're driving a white sedan. It's usually a white sedan, and then they give you the plate number. And uh, and so you look around earnestly. I pulled over once even like I'm going to pull over and look around for this guy and uh, you know, and you don't see him. So, all right, you've done your, you've done your thing. You've, you've responded to the Amber alert and then you, you get back on the highway and you start driving again and it happens again. You know, <laughs> the thing goes and so, you know, okay, he wasn't there. So you, you don't look so hard the next time. And then it usually goes off like two more times at some point. It can't be all about me, you know. You have to look to other people. You can't just keep asking me, do you see the child doctor? I, I don't see him, obviously. I heard the phone the first time. It went, whatever that noise is. Um, and then, uh, you know, and plus this is a pretty good song on the radio, so stop disrupting me. Um, Next truth. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Antifa. Let's face it. Uh, it's it's a real. That's got to be one of the word of the year from last year, Antifa, or maybe even two years ago. But uh, you know, it's been presented to us as a a terrorist organization, a, a socialist terrorist organization, uh, and uh, and people who are uh, and talk, will talk about Antifa that have some knowledge about it. And in, in existence, is just Antifa is just a catchphrase that we've used to bundle all the uh, social justice organizations you know these are the women that wear pussy hats and men who wear beanies and then they um they want uh they want some sort of you know black lives matter or they want um equality for women or they want uh, better pay for working class and these are all noble goals and uh but they're they're willing to break some windows and protest and swear at cops to do it and uh i don't know if that works I'm not saying it does, but uh, that's that's what I've been told by historians and uh, p- 
people in the know that that's what Antifa is. It's just, there is no Antifa. It's just something we call all these disparate groups. Cause there's a, there's a thousand of these little groups across the country. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's like uh, Unitarians for social justice and, you know, black lives matter, Decatur, Illinois. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we all just, uh, think of them as the same thing we call them Antifa. But now that's presented to us like this is a unified terrorist organization, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, I, and I can prove that it's not true. Uh, to prove that uh, Antifa doesn't exist, you just have to look at the fact that, that Trump exists. You know, if, if there were a terrorist organization and as big and as active as we've been told it is, and with a centralized command of, of doing things and getting things done, I mean, there's there's one action they could do. To, I mean, Antifa is short for anti-fascism. And, uh, you know, that's anti-authoritarian. And let's face it, we, we do know who the, you know, whether or not you love him or you hate him, he's an authoritarian. He, he really wants to uh, take over and uh, issue uh, in a new era of peace and and um, justice for white people. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, there, there, that proves it. There's no Antifa. So if you're curious, is there an Antifa? It's no, it's proven. Uh, I mean, what, if you were an organized organization, they wouldn't go downtown and break windows because that doesn't really get anything done. It's just a, a little venting of anger. So I think they're angry because they are so disorganized. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're probably breaking windows just because they're mad at their own leaders. Like, what are we doing down here again? You know, this is not going to get the job done. We're in downtown Chicago and, uh, you know, uh, anyways, so proven truth, no Antifa.